And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Recording, yeah, we're good. Okay. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. I'm Jana Gardner. And I'm Dylan Quayer. And this week we're talking about The Exterminating Angel from 1962, written and directed by Louis Bunuel, shot by Gabrielle Figueroa, and starring, among others, Sylvia Pinal and Enrique Rambal. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. I'm, I'm Jana Gardner. And this week we're talking about The Exterminating Angel from 1962, written in direction. All right, we don't have to keep doing this bit. <laughs> I was ready I'd to go for... as long as you wanted. That was extremely good. I, I was like, I'd for... wow, no bit, huh? And then, ah, the bit, it'll always catch up with you. I'd forgotten about that bit from the movie. Um, it'll be the first thing we get into. I was going to say, you, you'll, you'll tell this... me what it means because I'm looking forward to that. The, the way I describe this movie to Nelly, so I'm the only one who'd seen this uh, mm -hmm. Before this watch, mm -hmm. right? Right, correct. She watched it with me. Um, and the way I described it was the plot is incredibly straightforward. And it's still one of like the most dense, hard to follow movies. Yeah. yeah. Like I can always tell you what is happening right now. But I don't know what any of that means. No, not at all. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can describe what's happening on screen. Yeah, like they're doing this, they're talking about this, they want to do this, they're planning this. I can describe... Why and why and why not, and what are they doing this for, and... I can describe that the, the character, the thing, from um, uh, Adam's <laughs> family shows up for a brief scene. I can't tell you what that was all about, but there he was, just creeping along. Yeah. Special cameo yeah. appearance. Uh, yeah, exactly. So did you guys have any context for this movie? Um, other than like, uh, it, this is the uh, second Boonwell movie right. we're, we're covering. We've talked about um, another great film of his, according to some of us. <laughs> according to some yeah. of us. A um, significantly, well, well, we'll get into it. I, I liked uh, Belle de Jour a lot better than this movie, but... I think I like Belle de Jour better. I don't think, oh I don't know God. if I like it a lot better, though. I do really enjoy this movie because it's just out of... It, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, I, I, I knew default, the basic. I have to like this one though. Huh. Fair enough. I knew the basic conceit. I knew like that. Basically, it's a movie. A bunch of rich people show up for a dinner party and they can't leave. Um, mm. And that is as much information as I had. There was like potentially a supernatural element to it, and that's that's everything I knew. Did watching the entire movie in the context provide any more information than that? That's about still as much as I know about the movie. Correct. Yep. Okay. <laughs> mm. No, I mean, that's I, all that happens in the movie. There's, a, there's, but there's like so much going on. Kind of like what Nick was saying. It's like it's incredibly straightforward, but there's also so much happening that you just don't yeah. know how to like with each individual character or small grouping of characters. Like, there's the engaged couple. There's the old guy. There's the woman who has terminal cancer. I think. Like, there's it's, yeah. <laughs> or oh, but something. it's hopeless for her. She's going bald. She's going bald. Um, there's <laughs> the, the medicine. Like, there's. There's a lot of stuff going on, even while it's just people hanging out in this house. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it was a... Uh, yeah, interesting. I will say my only other context clue I appreciated on the Wikipedia page for Exterminating Angel, it lists out cultural references and it talks about like, oh, in Midnight in Paris, uh, Owen Wilson's character meets Bunuel and like gives that, him that, the idea. I was going to say that was my um, introduction to this movie is Owen Wilson in Midnight in Paris doing the uh, teaching Chuck Berry how to play rock and roll. Yeah, yep. pretty much. Yeah, he does that. And then I hilariously, Nick, there's also listed out as cultural references on Wikipedia is to the Buffy episode, Older and Far Away. I was going to bring um, that up. Yeah, which is actually, it is like sort of the exact same in that at first when no one can leave, like there's like, it's not like people banging on doors. It's just like, just nobody leaves and they don't really make an effort to leave. And then they just kind of mm -hmm. go to the door and turn back around. Like it has a similar vibe. Then, you know, there's demons and stuff, but that's exactly what Nellie said after we watched the movie. Actually, like, was it, she's like, this is just like that one Buffy episode. It, it's exactly like that one Buffy episode. Yeah. The other thing I saw um, a lot of comparisons to is the Aronofsky movie, mother, 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 mother. exclamation point. I saw that too, which is interesting. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of Letterboxd reviews were like, Mother wishes it was this movie. I'm like, eh, mm -hmm. does it? I don't know. Um, I see the comparisons in that, like, it's people who are, or the, the protagonist is, like, stuck, not in the same way that these people are stuck, but, you know, yeah. she's... But is trapped she's in sort a way of, in the house. Yeah, she's stuck in a house, and then, like, barbarism ensues. Sure does. I actually saw a Letterboxd review recently for a different movie that said Mother Wishes it was. And that was for To Sleep With Anger. Sure. I mean, yeah. Which that's, is all that, I think, that's closer. That's a non-supernatural people. Well, yeah, because that's also like, yeah, people in a house and then strangers showing up and making your life uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, what, am I the only mother defender? Here, you guys are not. No, I like, I like, I like mother. mother. I've okay. never yeah. seen Mother. I just oh. know what like Mother's about. You should see Mother. It's fun. Would um, Dylan Cuellar enjoy the movie? Mother? I think if you went into it with the right attitude, you could. Like if you, you know, I, I maybe. Like I think there's a two percent chance you like this movie. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, yeah, I love Mother. Um, I think it's a hoot. I do too. I, just, I had I, I, a blast I, watching that movie. I can't think of a single Aronofsky movie I like. Aronofsky goes out of his way though. Like the the biggest problem with Mother was Aronofsky just not like sitting down and letting people <laughs> enjoy the movie on its own terms and having to come out and tell us how to feel That's about all it. Of it. How, how, yeah, yeah, say say what it was about. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I would I would appreciate Darren Aronofsky coming out and telling me what this movie was about. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind that if he wanted to explain Exterminating Angel to, to me. He come out here and tell you what this movie was about. He, yeah. For uh, one paragraph, and then the rest of the movie was just, oh, this Boonwell dude, though, right? Well, well, and what's so funny, again, I'm just, just referencing back to the uh, Wikipedia page, but under the interpretation section of the Wikipedia page, it's really like, no, no one knows what it means. Ebert thinks it's about fascism. <laughs> like, that's mm -hmm. the entire analysis. Yeah, they basically so, quote the entire paragraph in that, that mm -hmm. one interpretations, and that's all yeah. they have in interpretations, and that all, that's, that's all, all that, that Ebert, Ebert has actually to say has too. to say about the movie. I mean, it's probably about fascism, right? Knowing Boone well. Well, I think it's about just, like, class. And, the, and part of this is because um, I read an interview with Boone well where he's being... He, he's being interviewed with 
by two interviewers and they're talking about this movie and it talks a lot about like him making fun of uh, like the bourgeois class and how you couldn't really do this with working class people because the working class people would have found a way to get out pretty sure. easily. Well, and that's got to be uh, with the servants leaving also, right? Like there's a reason yeah. why they all just got like had felt compelled to get out of there and sort of save themselves. Yeah, and th they even mentioned that in the interview where they they bring up that the one like head butler um stays and he's like well yeah that guy's basically like part of the upper class too right. yeah he's the he's the fancy butler who's in charge of everybody mm -hmm. else yeah that makes sense you know what else this movie reminded me of was clue <laughs> the movie clue <laughs> you could say that yeah, <laughs> only only because you got the fancy butler there you've got the rich people who it's sort of like uh, builds and builds into hysteria and then specifically mm -hmm. once they're like stacking the bodies in the closet then it becomes a little bit clue stacking all the dead bodies but you know yeah and clues another one where like they can't go anywhere like mm -hmm. they're all kind of stuck there so right. yeah yeah I like every that time someone like says they're gonna leave something happens that keeps them from leaving so you know it's yeah. not mm -hmm. it's not totally out there um yeah there's also like it's not just uh, us not being able to figure it out but there's a, an interview on the criterion disc with sylvia pinal who plays mm -hmm. the the valkyrie or the virgin mm -hmm. d depending on which character is talking about her correct um and she basically says all right i don't know what this movie's about she's like had fun making it don't know what this is about mm -hmm. she also claims that Bunuel invented reality tv with this movie Sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen some of those Real Housewives, like, <laughs> dinner parties that they kind of devolve into similar. Maybe yeah, I guess brother. this is real worldy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Big Brother's in good. In its own yeah. way. Yeah. You know, eight strangers trapped in a house. Things, you mm -hmm. know, stop being polite and start being real. Um, yeah. So there's a quote from Bunuel. I think it's from the Criterion essay. I can't remember where I wrote it down from. But where it says... Boonwell resisted efforts to articulate the meaning of the movie. The demand for explanations, he once complained, was itself a symptom of bourgeois mentality. So, uh, sure. <laughs> basically, we're the problem if we demand explanations, according to him. Well, we're going to be doing it for a little while. <laughs> yeah, so. sorry. Sorry, sir. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. Yeah. Um, before we talk about the movie itself, I do want to bring up the title of this movie, yes. which is um, incredibly... I think it's a great title, but it doesn't really mean anything, or I couldn't really place a good meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And in that same interview, they talk about how, um, like, the, one of the interviewers says, the exterminating angel is always listed as being, like, quote, based on the play by um, Jose Bergamin called The Castaways of Providence Street. And he's like, well, one, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and then two, uh, that same guy wanted to write something and he was uh he says one day bergamine told me he wanted to write a play called the exterminating angel the title came from the bible from the apocalypse but the name was also used by members of a spanish association the apostolics of 1828 and by a group of mormons and he said that's a magnificent title if i were walking down the street and saw that title on a marquee i would go inside to see the show and later he um started to um make this movie and he was going to name it something else and he said he didn't like it and then he remembered that title and he's like he, he asked that playwright, hey, can I use your title? And he's like, I don't own the title. It's from the Bible. <laughs> so okay, that's uh, that's why it's called The Exterminating Angel. I don't really know what it means beyond 
he thought it sounded cool. It does sound cool. No, the title definitely sort of gave me the wrong idea about the movie, mm. where once they got trapped and it's called The Exterminating Angel, I was like, oh, they're going to get picked off one by one, and this mm-hmm. is like, you know, they're being... And no, not not really. It didn't end up being like that at all. And it I- does sound sound like um, vaguely religious, which is something that Bunuel likes to touch on in his movies a lot, like Lodge Door has over religious things in Simon of the Desert is yeah. about a religious figure. I say we can talk about the church at the end. Yeah. 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 So the, so it does like we don't get to the church till the end, but even the title like mm-hmm. the religious themes kind of hang over it. I kind of thought that the title was like a either a way too literal translation of whatever the title was in Spanish, which happens and it's like this title doesn't really make any sense in English, but it would make sense, like a pun or a reference in uh, the original <laughs> like language. It was an idiom or something, yeah. Yeah. And, um, or it was just like uh, some weird, like English title that had nothing to do with the original title. Mm-hmm. And the first one is incorrect, and the second one is in Spanish. It's El Angel Exterminator. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty. It's a pretty straight translation. So, yeah. yep. I don't think I, I can translate that. <laughs> yeah, I got. Yeah, when that showed up on screen, I was like, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there are some other things that um, he talks about in that interview where. I, I mean, just speaking of like the religious imagery, and we'll get to the part later, but when um, they bring a sheep in and sure. they like blindfold the sheep, he said people were like, oh, um, sheep. the sheep represents Christianity and the blindfold represents blasphemy or something like that. And he's like, no, we just had her do it. And we thought, oh, that looked like really unsettling and creepy. So we're going to go with that. And then people attributed all these meanings to it. So I don't know how much of that like he's telling the truth and maybe he did intend for it to have some imagery or he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do some cool stuff and people will interpret it how they want to interpret it. Um, which sort of like is, I guess, fitting with his mm-hmm. surrealist yeah. bent. We'll talk about at some point, um, Unshan Andalu, mm-hmm. but that's, that's one where it's just abstract images thrown together and they kind of like, you can come up with your own interpretation a little bit more. So I, I think we can look into stuff and not have to worry about whether it's like right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this movie opens up on Providence Street. Providence. So like not just the title, but that the street is called Providence is, um, I think, tipping us right. that there's like some religious Speaking undertones. Of the religious imagery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And immediately we meet a servant who's getting fired because he's finding an excuse to leave the job early. And then we um, go inside and some of the other servants are also trying to leave early. Even though the um, the owners of the house are about to throw like this lavish dinner party. They're all like, oh, I got to go. I got to visit my sister. I got to... All, all of them have a reason to not be there. Yeah, the one yeah. guy's like, I have to go with him while he visits his sister. And you're like, okay. Mm. <laughs> Tenuous. And then we get the uh, introduction to the the party itself. So it's maybe 15 or 20 people, something like that. Yeah, it's like um, 20-ish. Yeah, they're all, they're all like rich, well-dressed. They walk into a house 
they walk up the stairs and then it cuts to the same entryway they walk into the house it's the same couple it's the same shot only from like the camera is a couple feet higher or something like that (laughs) okay it's very strange Right. And so, and I think my problem is I'm already sitting here going, okay, so what does this mean? Like how, Mm -hmm. how is them walking in twice tied to the fact that I knew they were inevitably going to be trapped in this house? Um, And I I don't know that it does other than an intentionally surreal, throw you off your guard kind of vibe. Right? I I mean, it definitely... Yeah, like, I just, I don't know if it's like, okay, well, they showed up, and then them showing up the second time somehow is them becoming trapped or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it does also, like, the the movie is cyclical, mm-hmm. which we see at the end. And it's also the, like, not to give away the ending immediately, but there's repetition that's the key to them leaving. Oh, good point. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just setting up repetition as a theme, mm-hmm. but but beyond that, like, what does it mean? Right. Uh, I don't know. Ebert Ebert describes it as a joke. Like that's in the yeah. Ebert essay. He's just like, this is a joke. I'm like, okay. Did you guys? So did you guys find this movie funny? Mm, parts. Like there was one or two parts that were a little fun. I thought the stuff with the hand, as we were talking about earlier, <laughs> was like darkly amusing, um, but otherwise not not super funny. No. Okay. I did I've, like I found the line it... that I already mentioned where they were like, oh, she's got cancer. Like, is she going to make it? And the doctor's like, no, it's helpless. She's yeah, she'll be bald, bald within the year. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of movie where, like, I found it amusing, but I didn't laugh out loud. Right. Yeah. There's not, sense. yeah, there's not bits, but. Um, not really. I found it. It's, I guess, funnier to think about than actually watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole the, the plot itself is a joke. Right. It, and, like, everything with the animals, kind of. Like, every time, like, they catch, like, the bear oh God, and the yes. sheep. The bear, like the bear, the bear climbing the, the, the um, like, pillar thing right. did make me yeah, laugh. Yeah, I think that was the only part I actually, like, actually laughed at. That yeah. was a good bear. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, good bear. Um, I do, th- I do like how the repetition sort of sets the stage for how weird this movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you automatically know that it's not going to be normal shit that happens. Right. So, it does like even if you don't know the plot of the movie, it does um, sort of prepare you that this yeah. is going to be a weird. And RC. like you said, even the like even just the mere fact of the servants who are like trying to get out of the house before the dinner party starts. Like if you've watched enough movies that are, you know, Gosford Parky or whatever, you're sort of upstairs, mm-hmm. downstairs, there's gonna be a fancy dinner party. Like it just automatically feels like, Well, that's weird. Like they're leaving before like the, the night is starting. They're trying to get out before the guests yeah. there. Like it just sort of it, it it's just a little bit off kilter enough where you feel you can feel the weirdness from the beginning. Yeah, and to uh, the point that he made about the head butler guy sort of being in the same class, it did actually remind me of Gosford Park, and I guess, like, I, I only watched one season of Downton Abbey, sure. but those are... That's the same thing. Go- yeah, Gosford, or Downton Abbey is basically, like, just the Gosford Park turned into a TV yeah. series. Julian Fellows was like, I I, I got this, I'm just going to do it yeah. again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it did remind me of how, like, even within, like, that tier of the class structure, there are, like, sub structures right. and that guy is clearly like head and shoulders above the rest of the help and the rest of the help are like we gotta go yeah yeah <laughs> we gotta get out there's a bear outside the room <laughs> yeah it's, they, it's a very weird house it's that a they're very in. weird house 
Yeah. Um, there's actually, so in the one scene, I don't know if you guys noticed this. So like I said, I watched it with Nellie, who is um, fluent in Spanish. So she like she, she was born in Cuba, so she didn't need the subtitles. Nice. I need the subtitles, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Nellie's I need sub- Spanish. Uh, I need subtitles for uh, English language movies <laughs> yeah, frequently. I do too. Same. So um, she she noticed this in the scene where the the servants are making um, excuses to leave, and the one guy's like, "Oh, my sister's sick. I gotta go." During one of the lines of dialogue, you can see the boom mic from the bottom of the screen. Oh, but it's but it's it's right where the subtitles are. So I like had to rewind it. I'm like, I didn't even notice it, and she's like, "Well, I wasn't looking at the words. I was." looking at the images just, just yeah. look just looking at the image and oh, you can see a mic just like hanging out at the bottom i thought it was that's so funny yeah, yeah. you're better than that <laughs> yeah that is that is one of those things where like um i i think animated movies are still probably better if you do them in the native language than than the dubbing but you do miss out a little bit on the visuals because c- you spend so much time rating that you do miss some of the imagery yeah but i guess missing like an accidental mic is not the end of the world no no that that is funny though that that (laughs) just sort of sneaks in there so they're having dinner there's a bunch of people there we meet the the valkyrie um who's played by um sylvia pinall who's been in other um she's in verdiana and they make note that she's a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of gossip. Yeah. Like the people are gossiping about each other at this dinner table. It seems very like catty. Yeah, that's definitely part of the class commentary where it's like, yeah. oh, they're all backbiting and gossipy. And yeah. And like the one waiter trips and spills everything and everyone just laughs at him. Yeah, yeah. Th- that was that is the part where I sort of sat there thinking like, OK, so. Again, I was like, did he just trip? Like, did the house trip him? Like, I was overthinking stuff from the beginning, but I was like, mm-hmm. what? Like, how is this tie-in? And I, I think it probably was just they're kind of cruel. Like, they yeah. all just point and laugh when he trips and falls. Yeah. And they think it's a joke. They like they. Somebody says, so oh, they must have planned this. How mm-hmm. funny of them, or right. something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then all like, and. It, we know how much effort was like put into all the food and everything, and so it's so wasteful just to have it all go flying over mm-hmm. the floor and yeah and they just they just laugh and think it's all part of yeah the entertainment or something yeah so after dinner they go into i guess the parlor or some other like lounging room yeah. some some room where they go kick it where the valkyrie <laughs> yeah yeah there's a piano um there's not a bathroom there uh which is i guess important to their lack of water later <laughs> right yes. um so there's another like really weird scene where everyone leaves except the Valkyrie who's sitting at the dinner table mm-hmm. by herself and just like chucks something through the window. Y- yes, that was... that was strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm and like, then... oh, that's going to come up because that'll be a way for them to get out. No, no, it did not. She just threw something through the window and then moved on. Yeah. And then someone says, oh, it must have it must have been some Jew passing by. They do say that. And Boonwell says that that's just, I mean, like a pretty obvious commentary on um, like anti-Semites. Well, he's like, they'll find an excuse for anything to 
like no matter what happens no matter how illogical it is just like yep blame it on these people who mm-hmm. i'm biased against right. I, I thought it was interesting though that the jewish character in the movie is some sort of like sorceress mystical person oh yeah that she's doing like i think i mean i can't remember if they reference it on the movie or not i know online it refers to it as like a kabbalah you know sort of spell she's doing or something which is like jewish mysticism yeah it's like jewish mysticism yeah it's a little stereotypical yeah yeah and she has all the stuff with her it felt weird hey at least she's trying to do something yeah (laughs) Yeah, take some yeah. kind of action. Everyone else is just sitting around being sad. I could go just like open a door, though. Well, can they? Can they though? Uh, no, but yeah. <laughs> apparently not. Got a little aggravating at a certain point. <sighs> so we meet, we meet her. We meet the doctor. We meet um, Leonara, who's his patient. Who, as we've said is gonna lose her hair because she has no hope uh there's a young couple who are engaged there's a woman named um blanca who plays the piano Mm -hmm. there's someone who has a handbag that has like chicken legs sticking out of it for some reason what the fuck yeah that was weird it's not something that most purses that i've seen have in them (laughs) I was trying to keep track of the names for a while. Um, I was undermined by the fact that there's both an Eduardo and an Edmundo. Um, at that, which point, yeah, I just gave up. <laughs> at which point, yeah. I just gave up. Because like, they spend some time, they talk about the, the young woman, the Beatrice. And I was like, okay, I got that. And then she, her fiance was either Eduardo or Edmundo. And I'm not sure which one. I think was it's which. Eduardo. Yeah. Ed, yeah. yeah, Edmundo is the host. He's the host, okay. And then his wife is Lucia. Right. And she's having at least one affair. Yeah. One or two affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the doctor, whose name I. His name is Doctor. Get. His name I've is been Doctor. Calling him do- okay. I've been calling him Doctor in my, on all my notes. He's just the Doctor. He's, he's pretty chill. Yeah. What if that was the Doctor? <laughs> as as in uh, why... from the TARDIS, the Doctor? Yeah, the Doctor Who. Bring out his little magic screwdriver (laughs) thing and unlock the door. I mean, it also feels... It's a sonic screwdriver, first of all. It also feels like a Doctor Who episode. Like, you know, it could be. It has has that Mm -hmm. vibe, too, yeah. I cannot believe you're trying to correct me on Sonic Screwdriver, one of the Simpsons episode. You made fun of me for uh, getting you on beaming up to the ship. How does it feel? I'm so mad at you still. (laughs) How does it feel? I just... I'm not gonna... Not great. Doesn't feel great, does it? No, I'm so mad at you. So Blanca plays uh, some little song on the piano, and then after that, everyone starts to get tired. And it's one of those we've all been to parties or held parties. And this th- this is where I think the mother comparison actually does come in. Mm-hmm. Like, not to spoil mother too much, but there's like she just wants people to like get out of her house and like just do what she says like she, there's a there's a thing where there's like a sink being she built or something like that she wants to not sit on the unbraced sink is what she wants and she keeps saying don't sit on it it's not and braced it, <laughs> you know what's gonna happen it's been brought up enough throughout the movie but it caused me so much stress because i'm like 
I've seen shit like this. Right. I've told people to do shit like, like don't this. Don't touch that. Just leave it and, alone. <laughs> and they never do. <laughs> and exactly what you know is going to happen happens. So, do you have any specific things? Because you, you look really frustrated right now. Not that I can okay. think of off yeah. the top of my head, but just generally, just a, real, people, yeah. just a real vibe of just like yeah. either people like you just want people to leave and they won't leave, or you just want people That's to stop doing something time. and they won't stop doing it. Right, right. And it's stressful. Yeah. So Lucia, who's the um, the woman of the house, is basically like, "Why don't these people leave? Like, why don't they get the hint?" And people are starting to. Like lay down, fall asleep on the couches. They start changing. This as is literally if, yeah, like, my worst nightmare. Absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. party just won't end. And they all keep putting it as like, Yeah, we'll we'll leave in a couple minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll leave in a couple minutes. Right. We're on our way out. And then the next morning, none of them have left. Mm-hmm. They're all still there. They wake up, they're disheveled. Lucy is like Ah, shit, now we got to like offer them breakfast too. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows why they're all still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It takes like at least 24 hours or even more before they sort of start to realize that it's weird that they're all still there and that nobody's leaving. Mm-hmm. How long would it take you, do you think? Oh, I mean, at like, I mean, Basically, as soon as someone hasn't left, <laughs> like the night of, I mean, which is not entirely true. Like I used to back, you know, back in the day, like people would crash all the time or you'd crash at people's houses, like especially in a pre, you know, rideshare universe where you're like, well, we're all stuck here. No one's driving home. Um, yeah. But there is that like and then in the morning, though, where it's like, do I have to feed you breakfast? Like, I don't people. Can we all <laughs> just grab our things and head towards the exit? Exactly. You have, yeah. to, you have to start just like cleaning up. Like that—that's always the actual key to get people to leave for a party. Like, start yeah. doing the dishes, like start taking out the trash and putting things away. And because then if they stay, they're like, "Oh fuck, we have to." Exactly. Exactly. Then they want to go because then most of the time they'll realize they have to actually help clean up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do like the next morning. One of the I think it's the next morning and not before they go to bed. Um, a woman is telling a story about how she saw, like a dead prince or something like that. there was like a prince who died and she's she was like she walked past the the body at the funeral or waker or some crap like that and how, how she was moved mm-hmm. and yet she saw a, a whole train car full of poor people crash mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she wasn't moved by that yeah and someone responds to her i wrote this quote down i believe the common people the lower class people are less sensitive to pain haven't you ever seen a wounded bull not a trace of pain Yikes! Uh, that's so. Uh, those... Not not subtle class commentary there. No. Yeah, it's not subtle. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a. I forgot about that poor part. commentary though. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a, like it's a good line yeah, actually. It is yeah, a good line. I, I agree. Yeah. That they're less sensitive to pain is such a we- like a weird. Uh, prejudice to have yeah. against them. Yeah. Yeah, that's not like some sort of common stereotype necessarily. You're just like, that's <laughs> right. right? You're like, oh, that old like, just You know what they say like, about poor people is that they they're. Can, that, therefore, like, they can deal with all this stuff. Right. That, yeah. yeah. That is weird. It's almost like yeah. a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
gross. So, like, we've already sort of been tipped off, even if you don't know what the plot of the movie is, just the fact that no one actually leaves. But the next morning, the women are, like, talking about, how, oh, I need to, like, go get ready and freshen up, but they don't actually leave the room. And then it starts to get pointed out that, hey, no one has left the room since last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just acting like it's normal. And one of the people says, uh, one of the guys says, um, or no, one of the women says she she really didn't leave because no one else was leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like, guess that's sort sort of like echo chambery or, or just following yeah, orders. Which, right, I was going to say, yeah, not mm-hmm. peer pressure isn't the phrase I'm looking for, but yeah, some sort of like, well, no one else left, so I didn't leave, and so we're all just here by inertia because no one actually wants to take that first step to leave, yeah. They're all yeah, just sheeple. <laughs> they, they are sheeple. The, <laughs> that is where I sort of see it more as like a political mm-hmm. allegory than strictly a class one it sort of feels like a fascist mm-hmm. commentary right that everyone's just sort of going with you know no mm-hmm. one's fighting back or being an individualistic or whatever yeah they're just going along because everyone else is going along mm-hmm. yeah so while all this is happening um the the butler guy comes in to bring them coffee they tell him to get some spoons and he can't right so he's stuck now too yeah meanwhile the the doctor's there there's a guy who is sick he uh is getting sicker and then ultimately becomes comatose Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he's just getting worse yeah after um about a day like following the time of this movie is a little challenging yeah i had a hard time with that i couldn't tell if they were stuck in there for like three days or like or like 30 days yeah Yeah. it's hard to tell well every now and then they do sort of try to give clues as to how long they've been in there yeah but they also do it at times allude to like i'm not even sure how long right we've been here they need yeah. to have those one of those scenes where like someone like tears the very obvious day by day calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they're like someone's like putting little yeah, hash but... marks on the wall like they're in a prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that when they say it's been about twenty four hours of them being in there, they grab like the vases and start drinking the mm-hmm. the flower water. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only other way you can sort of track it is assuming that they follow the laws of science. Like, there can't be that much time between when they run out of the water and then they take action to get more water. Yeah. Such drastic action for... I was very confused by what was happening (laughs) in that scene. So, yeah, if we haven't made it, like, overtly clear what is happening, I guess, for people who haven't seen this, they... Which I'm assuming is most people, just guessing. (laughs) They're trapped in this room... No one can leave, but there's nothing physically preventing them right. from leaving. They just can't. They don't have the like emotional fortitude to like cross the barrier right. of the door. No one actually tries. It's not like we see someone bounce off some sort of invisible barrier or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. they just that's say they can't ha- leave, but that's kind of how I thought the movie was going to be. Sure. Like, have you guys ever seen? Twilight Zone episode where the five characters are stuck inside this like cylinder. No. I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. That's kind of what I was 
thinking this movie was like more so than what this was that like they would try to be leaving and mm. they'd be like oh no mm-hmm. why won't the doors open um, right and yeah so, that would... this is weird well especially because there's that scene at the very very beginning when the the party is when they're getting ready to start and i think it's the the butler who we see like dramatically pulling shut one of the big heavy doors and so i was like oh that's going to be the thing is like they'll get stuck behind these big heavy doors and won't be able to open them but no not really like mm-hmm. no one ever actually tries and, and I like that there's not a physical barrier a little bit better because mm-hmm. we've all seen movies right. where people are stuck on a thing. You're stuck yeah. on a ship or you're stuck like... Uh, Made it very unique. Yeah. Yeah. Lifeboat, you're stuck on a boat. <laughs> or All is Lost, you're stuck on a boat. <laughs> what other speed stuck on a boat movies? You, speed. speed yeah, I, I couldn't think of any more. Speed, two, st- speed 2, you're speed stuck two, on a boat. Speed 2, Cruise Control, you're stuck on a boat. <laughs> you don't even have Keanu there. No. What the hell no. were they doing with Speed 2 Cruise Control? So, Jana, you just saw Speed. Did I you guys did. follow it with Speed 2 Cruise Control? Oh, no, because I saw Speed 2 Cruise Control in the theater when it came out. <laughs> Nick's going to lose his fucking mind now. <laughs> yeah, that's a true what? story. I Nick, saw Speed Nick, 2. Nick, Nick, so this is like what not would you surprising. say to someone that had seen Speed 2 Cruise Control when it came and not out speed. and then not saw Speed? until have... 25 30 years later <laughs> it's not 30 years later it's like 20 uh, years later um uh that's incredible yeah. do you, you probably don't remember but i have to ask anyway do they explain why she's no longer with keanu yes i know i 100 percent remember there's like a pretty much tossed off line at the beginning where she says like it's basically explained as like well we got together because we went through this like super intense life um you know, life-threatening mm-hmm. situation. And so it was, like, it was super intense. And then once that was over, like, he still craved the danger. So I think their relationship just couldn't live up to the boring real world. It's literally the explanation they give at the sure. beginning of that movie. In fairness to whoever wrote that, that is basically what they say to each other in Speed. Oh, uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty... I think yeah. It, logically, yeah, watching Speed again, I'm like, oh, or Speed again. Fi- finally watching Speed, I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of see how they did that still an insane you thing that they made not speed watching though. speed sounds like these people not being able to leave a fucking room <laughs> yeah no one was stopping me <laughs> no and you you it was at my fingertips speed too yeah i i can't i literally cannot remember what made me go back well i mean i think so speed came out when i was like 10 and then i think speed 2 came out when i was old enough to like get myself to a movie theater to like go mm-hmm. see a sandra bullock movie and i think that was speed the only was difference. in 94 yeah, so I was 10, 9 or 10. Um, okay. And then Speed 2 must have been when I was in, like, junior high or something. And, Speed you know, 2 this, is... This is an important part of our... I think it's, like, two years later. Yeah, yeah so I was in... Later. By then I was in junior high, and it was a lot more like, I can just go to a movie theater. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a weird fact about me, that I had seen Speed 2 Cruise Control and never seen Speed for... But yeah, might be weirder than this It's wild. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Speed, though, good movie. About? Um, oh, so my my point was that I, I like I like yes. that there's not anything um, physically trapping them because in all those movies you can lo- sort of like logic yourself out to like well how would I get out of here and why don't they break this thing and go out the window right. or, or something like that but in this um, since there's not anything physically stopping them there's nothing like real stopping them it's more like a spiritual or uh, like psychological since there's no or... logic in this movie you can't logic your way out of it <laughs> right right so you're you're left thinking about like well what does this mean uh, yeah. which is why this movie is so like 
confounding. Yeah. If it was just people trapped in a regular house and they couldn't get through the doors, it wouldn't be confounding at all. Right. It would be like Lord of the Flies. Like the This movie is inter- a lot like Lord of the Flies, though. It's a lot like Lord of the Flies, yeah. Um, but, but I don't want to get an attention. Um, oh, come gosh, on. No, I I start I like thought of a point I wanted to make and then I immediately thought of like holes in it so just okay <laughs> doesn't hold up the scrutiny fair enough the, yeah. I cannot believe all these listeners that we have are going to be so mad they'll never hear Nick's point <laughs> well it was it was a bad point so I'm I'm they'll never I'm, hear I'm Nick's retro- bad point it Too would it would have been it would have been the very first time that has ever happened <laughs> you got to keep your your uh, clean uh, record here God yeah. What, one of my favorite lines, though, about it is the part where, like, this guy's like, oh, I'll push you through the door. And he's like, oh, if you do that, he's I'll, like, I'll you. kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was pretty funny. So I, th- I think at this point, it's been like one day they go to sleep again. The next morning, uh, the old man's dead. <laughs> sure is. Super dead. So they just stuff his body in a closet, um, which is a, like the hookup closet, I guess, for the young couple. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Which was Where they so can go to get away. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually see a scene from the outside world, and the outside world world is like pretty much normal, other than a crowd has gathered around mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, it was actually kind of jarring when they cut to the outside world because I wasn't. I kind of expected we were going to be trapped in the house the whole time. Yeah, so that first time it cuts all. outside, I was like, oh, okay. Um, I was not expecting to get the outside perspective. Yeah, and they're like, oh, have you tried sending people in? And they say, well, you know, we tried, but it, it's this, it's like the converse of what the people inside, they're like, oh, yeah, we should leave, and then no one leaves. Right. And they're like, oh, we should send people inside, mm-hmm. and they try, and nobody can actually get inside because right. if people could get inside, where's the drama? Right, yeah. Yeah, they sort of, there's a couple points where they sort of get up to like the gates of the house and Mm. then just kind of walk away like yeah not not like there's something keeping them out but just like we should go and then actually not and then they just kind of like walk back away again yeah it it did um like i I mentioned this real briefly earlier but but that um aspect of the movie does kind of make me think of echo chambers now how like societally or even like in in twitter circles Mm -hmm. it's just the same small group of people saying the same thing to each other and like worsening their opinions over time Mm -hmm. that's basically what's happening inside this room like if you could just get the rational outside world in maybe they could improve these things but instead what's going on inside is just like devolving and getting worse and worse yeah yep is there a q theme song that i can play right there (laughs) I think there is. I think it's uh, featured oh in God, Borat's kidding. subsequent movie film. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll see if I can get that. The twice Oscar nominated? Thrice Oscar nominated? Thrice. Twice. I just twice. Uh, I, I think just screenplay, screenplay and, and, act- um, and supporting and actress. Act- yeah. Supporting actress. I don't know why, but I was thinking there was a technical award. Nah, just screenplay. I think I'm still thinking that Wuhan Flu got nominated for best song. It did not. Yeah, what kind of took its spot for a uh, best song? I don't know. I never thought it was going to get in. So yeah, I didn't think it would get. Yeah, because it's it it's. Was, 
on Girl, Gold Derby, it was number five, and the Eurovision song was number six. So See, yeah, so it yeah. was, it was, yeah, so it was Husevik, I guess, that came in, and then it's all the other boring, well, like you ballads. Well, you don't just say it as Husevik. You usually. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the <laughs> actual bit. Yeah. Um, oh, Husevik, my hometown. Sorry, what were we talking about? What movie is this? What's happening? Oh, so I, w- I was gonna get to uh, one of the things that stuck so i saw this movie for the first time like maybe a decade ago or nearly a decade ago it was like not long after i saw midnight in paris i, I heard them talk about it i'm like that sounds weird i want to see that and i watched it. so i think that came out in like 2011 or mm-hmm. 2010 maybe yeah. so i probably saw it about 10 years ago um and the the thing that stuck in my mind the most about this movie is the scene of them which is what happens next since they've been in the house for a couple of days, they ran out of things to drink. They ran out of the flowers. Uh, they they manage to uh, axe through the wall and they break a water pipe, mm-hmm. and they all start going for the water. Mm-hmm. Did that remind you guys of any more recent movie? With someone trying to axe with, through a wall. I will with, say, uh, no, it didn't remind me when I saw it, but if you say it, I might be like, oh, yeah, that totally reminds me of it. Okay, it reminded me of a Morton Joe letting the water out for <laughs> oh, people in absolutely. the beginning of Mad Max. They all have like their the little cups, and, and then it's like yeah. they're like the women yeah. first, and they're kind of shoving each other away. No, it's it's actually exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there then there's a whole thing where it's like they have to let the women go first, and they say just mm-hmm. one cup, and then you can go back for more. And Yeah. Um, yeah. So if if Morton Joe wasn't stuck inside a room with these people, <laughs> I mean, what they might happens? try harder to get out. They might try harder to get out if that were the case. Yeah, but no, that's what. Well, th- I, this, I, I, this movie I think posits that there's a Morton Joe in all of us. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that seems so interesting because again, they're not like. <laughs> there is nothing stopping them that we can tell from walking out of the doorway, but they will bust through the wall and break open a pipe to get water because like, at first i sort of thought oh okay they're busting through the wall because that's going to be their escape and it's like no they're yeah. just doing it to get to the water pipe like um, mm-hmm. now so. the water pipe is inside the wall mm-hmm. how far inside that wall can they reach at that point i mean that's the thing right like they can get into the wall so mm-hmm. like is it, is it could they have halfway? kept going who knows like yeah. if if they reached halfway to the wall, that would they be like, eh, no, I don't need to reach farther. But like, it's just yeah. so I don't know. weird. What are the rules? You want the rules? You want to know what the rules of their confinement are? Yeah, I want to go up to Louis Boonwell <laughs> and see his face, where I was like, so what is exactly the rules of these people? <laughs> How far inside a wall can they reach before it gets unobtainable for them? Uh. He, he would dismiss your questions as, uh, you know, yeah, bourgeois nonsense. Bougie. Yeah, I mean, it would be the same thing as when that guy said, like, the bad guy in Ron is Tashiro Mifune, and Tashiro Mifune would just beat his ass so bad. <laughs> Wait, did that actually happen? Did Tashiro Mifune beat somebody up who called him the bad guy? No, remember, uh, we were talking about, it was on, uh, what's that noir movie about the guy oh detour detour yeah because yeah, because he's the bad guy in that movie yeah, okay got that you list and that guy was like oh I don't remember anything we say on the podcast Tashiro mifune is the <laughs> bad guy in rashomon and uh, oh oh yeah oh, rashomon. yes and, yes yes we talked then, about that uh, okay we Rames is the bad guy in pulp fiction oh okay oh right we talked about villains i forgot about uh villain yeah. chat that's right and we were all like those directors would oh 
be so pissed at you. Uh, now I'm just disappointed that there's no like terrible ranked movie list to tear apart <laughs> in connection with the exterminating angel. Okay, I'm going to sh- citations now. Oh, God. I'm sure there's like a surrealist best, movies that you actually trapped. blah blah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's a so film what else? critics of the New York Times 1000 best movies ever made that is referenced on. Oh, sure. What number was the, it? See if you can tell. This is 202. Oh. This is 202 on the Sight and Sound poll oh, from okay. 2012. What is like the one ahead of it, do you know? I do not know that. Uh, let me see if I can find that list. Um, I need something to be angry about with this movie. So, really. like, what what else is happening? Like, the guy who owns the house, we sort of allude to him. Uh-huh. People are, like, blaming him right. for having trapped them. Uh-huh. They, like, it, it, some of them refer to... Thing. Let's just get to the hand. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're about to get to the hand. I know, we're so fucking close. <laughs> See, the the hand, I don't find that um, beguiling, really, because I have sort of, like, a, a more rational explanation for it. But so, It's so different. Like, like, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, somebody refers to them all, like, the the group of people as Edmundo's victims. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's like, you know, if I... I he, he says something along the lines of, I, I would kill myself if it helped. I'd, I'd sacrifice myself if it got everyone else out of here. I, I don't like this any more than you all. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, people are starting... Be, like, become the most prominent theory among the people the farther and farther we get into this uh-huh. Yeah, and we're already seeing people start to turn on each other like... Uh, one character's medication goes missing, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I think somebody hit it because they want me dead." They just um, want your drugs. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Edmundo also like busts out his stash of drugs that he's been hiding. Because yeah, yeah, there's a lot of drugs floating around in this uh, yeah this room, yeah. which is also probably a purposeful commentary. Yeah. What? And then, is it the woman who is sick? Oh, it's the woman with cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Who sees the dismembered hand? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So she's she sees a hand, and it moves across like the floor. It climbs up onto a table. She like tries to stop it with a, a statue paper. Yeah, she puts like a heavy like a paperweight on it to try to sort of trap it. Yeah. Does a really piss poor job of it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It tries to choke her. Sure does. So she stabs it, and it turns out that, as best as I could tell, none of that was real, and she was just hallucinating from, uh, I think they say she was having, like, a a fever dream. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does appear to just be a hallucination, but it's so strange. And, And the hand was not a disembodied hand. It was an embodied hand on a person who was leaving her alone. Yeah. <laughs> and she stabs Stabs her. Stabs the hand, yeah. It's very creepy looking, though. Yeah. Why did you want to talk about that scene so much, Dylan? I just... It, just like the movie, it's just like, look, we know we're trapped in the room. We keep on talking about how we're trapped in the room. Like, it was just like... I mean, it's visually different. different, right? Like it is. It's just it kind of it stuck out to me. I think just or narratively because narratively different. Well, sure. Um, yeah, it just sort of stuck out to me because a lot of the the surreality is based on yeah this feeling of being trapped and not being able to leave or sort of off the wall comments. But it's one of the few. Well, it's we'll put it this way. 
it's maybe the first sort of really strange visual we get that's sort of like a surreal Besides visual. the we animals get, get in the... Oh, and, and, and the chicken feet. I was going to say, yeah, so there's a handful. Oh, yeah, the chicken feet was... Yeah, that was, um, that was also disconcerting. I mean, to be fair, I think this repetition of like, oh, why can't we leave? Well, do you want to leave? No, I don't want to leave. Right. Um, I think it was effective for the movie. I just, I don't have anything to say about it. Because it's just like, I, I know. Damn it. Yeah, th- I mean, this whole movie is like s- challenging because I think it, it its metaphors are so like open to interpretation mm-hmm. that trying to pin down one thing or another is uh, nearly impossible. Yeah. Did did this like, movie feel really long to you guys? No, not really. Uh, did it to you? I mean, I, it must have if you're asking. <laughs> I watched John Dialman recently, and it felt about as long as John Dialman did. And I take it that is not ninety minutes long. No, John Dialman's like three. Is it over three hours? I think it's three and a half, and it's just a woman doing chores. It's wildly. It's like <laughs> purposely. It's slow cinema, basically. Yeah, it's it's slow cinema. It's 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 very slow, uh, purposely, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also quite long. No, I don't. I think this movie goes by pretty quickly because oh, okay. so so much for me, like so much of what's going on is so bizarre that I felt pretty compelled by it the entire time. Okay, that's. Fair. I'm trying to f- I'm trying to find the full sight and sound list. Um, I found like a copy on Letterboxd, but the one on their website only goes to a hundred. Ah, and the one on Letterboxd oh. must be wrong because the sight and sound website says this is at two o two, but this one doesn't have it at two o two. So I am not sure what is. Yeah, the problem with the sight it. and sound um, page, like you said, you can only look up the list up to a hundred. You can look up an individual movie and it'll tell you what spot it is lower, but like mm-hmm. there's no way to see what's at like 201. You know, you can yeah. you just can look up each individual movie and see what its number is. Yeah. Okay, they, I gotta they talk used with this website. They used to have it published. Mm-hmm. Um, but they let me try searching for this really don't good. have to look. I was joking that <laughs> so, I wanted to be so angry it's, whatever was about okay. it. So I found it on on this letterbox list. This has it at two thirty three, which I imagine means um, there are multiple ties. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably because because even like oh, higher okay. up on the list, there are a few ties. Mm-hmm. So the lower down you get, I imagine that that um, there's, there's ties, yeah. yeah a lot of ties lower on the list. But some of the ones surrounding it. So the the five above it are uh, <laughs> sallow. No. Oh. <laughs> du- duck soup. Oh no. The devil. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> the devil probably um the turin horse oh, Jesus. which is another Whoa. speaking of slow another, cinema, uh, <laughs> slow cinema. Yeah, yeah there's like and, just uh, people walking through a dust storm then a yeah, horse. it's just like it's just wind that movie's mostly wind yeah. uh great movie and love streams oh love streams okay, okay. and then the ones below it are floating clouds the piano gone with the wind which we talk about like in a in a few episodes it's not that talk far about away. a movie that's long <laughs> yeah yeah, Wait. yeah. floating clouds floating clouds okay not i thought weeds. you said floating weeds you thought it was gonna be just no, a whole no. bunch of movies we talk about yeah and and then the piano uh so floating clouds the piano gone with the wind melancholia and the house is black the fruit for hmm. oh the house is i black think you're a big fan of that higher. right that movie's awesome it's a good movie 
God, we're just a couple weeks away from Gone with the Wind. Ugh. Yeah. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. Although I haven't seen that movie. I mean, we'll get to it. I haven't seen it in a, in a long time. I'm I watched it a like, few years ago, like when it like first popped up on streaming. And I was like, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And then I put it on and I was yeah. like, oh, right. <laughs> I think there's a really great ending when Atlanta burns. And yeah. then the movie decides, you know what? Let's take it another two and a half hours. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going. And I might not be exaggerating by that two and a half hours oh, after. So long. It's so long. So, what else is going on in this movie? Um, oh, they can't see. Leave. <laughs> they can't leave. The uh, one of the old man tribes like perving out on the sleeping women, and they uh, he he actually does get called out on it, mm-hmm. and he is challenged to a duel. Uh, they end up uh, breaking up the fight when the sheep start to come up, mm-hmm. and they uh, the crowd gathers on the sheep, so they have food Shorted. at least. So this is the scene where like um, the I believe it's the Valkyrie who who like blindfolds one of the sheep right before. And uh, that's the the picture in the Ebert book. If you guys saw in the essay, the the picture yeah. is her sitting there with the sheep with the little blindfold on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the image Ebert chose for the essay, which is funny. And they have to destroy like all the not just the furniture to make a fire, but. I, <laughs> I just love the image of instruments. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like breaking a cello in right. I was not happy <laughs> as a person that had played cello. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. Pretty harsh, yeah. I had conflicted um, emotions about that. The, the other thing that I think is funny is that a guy gives the, the Masonic cry for help, and he's like, if any Masons are nearby and they hear me, they have to come. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, come on, man. That's That's the best you got. <laughs> Oh God! Um, there is a a quarantine joke. What, what like the next time we go back outside, the cops say, uh, yep. or somebody somebody says that they've quarantined the house like an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Did, did you um, guys see my letterbox review? Movie? Yeah. Oh, how this is a peak quarantine movie or something to yeah. that effect. I mean, I'm very glad that we are watching it. This April and not last April. Last April. Yeah, if I watched this last April, I would, would have probably be viscerally like, mad. Jumped at this out movie. the window. Yeah. Um, well, you couldn't have jumped out the that's window. That's true. I guess I could not have. <laughs> See? That's true. You would have you would have said, I feel like jumping out the window. And then and I would have gone and sat back down on my sofa <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So back inside, they're like peak. Um, mania at this point where one of them says when the spider dies the web unravels and they decide that the way to get out of the house is to kill Edmundo and basically everyone is like cool sure yeah yeah <laughs> well there's Let's like three people that get in yeah. between Edmundo so and the, the people that are like okay how are we gonna the, kill him yeah, well, the doctor objects and says, like, what what a normal person would say. Like, this makes you know better than animals. What are you doing? Like, right. don't kill this guy. Um, Edmundo, he's not even, like, I don't know where he is at the time, like, hanging out in the closet or something, because he's not with the rest of them <laughs> right. one, when they're fighting over should they right. murder How him. How far could he have gone? He pops in and uh, breaks up the fight, and then it's at this point that the Valkyrie is like, hold on. I'm having a little deja vu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird, weird thing is we're all standing. Uh, 
or sitting in the same spot we were mm-hmm. when we first were here, mm-hmm. like on the initial night. Um, I, d- I did forget to mention that the young couple who were hooking oh, yeah. up in the closet with the dead guy uh, killed themselves in that closet. Yeah, well, they, that sort of gets revealed late. Like, they disappear for a while, and then, like, mm-hmm. they just find them in the closet at the end and seem to have yeah. killed themselves, yeah. So when Let- when uh, the- Letitia, the Valkyrie, mm-hmm. uh, or Leticia, the Valkyrie says, uh, you know, we're all in the same spot that we used to be. Mm-hmm. Except I mean, for the not three, all of them. Except for the three yeah. dead people. Yeah, that was my yeah. first thought, too, where I'm like, yeah. are you going to drag them back out? And okay, no. <laughs> I'm um, glad they didn't. I am glad, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty like, glad they Propping them up in their chairs. Honest. Yeah. I'm also glad that they didn't ever, like, cut to the rotting bodies or no. them having to Even talk about. Even when they about... reveal that the, the, the young couple had, like, killed themselves, you just sort of get, like, shadowy pictures of them mm-hmm. in the closet. Like, it's not, there's not anything graphic. Have, yeah, like, it's not uh, graphic. Or, like, they don't show them, like, slaughtering lambs. No. Which I'm, I'm, which I'm also pretty happy about. Relieved about yeah, yes. I, I, yeah. I got kind of worried. I was like, oh, no. Nick might not like this. <laughs> I was having, I was having, I couldn't remember if they showed it or not, but I was having like pre, um, like anticipatory flashbacks from Tuki Buki, which is like, oh my 30, god, 30% animals being slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. Or, I, or Killer of Sheep, another lots of animal slaughter uh, in that one. I was watching the, did either you guys watch the uh, Ernest, uh, not Ernest, uh, the Hemingway, uh, Oh, the new Hemingway documentary? Wait, Not yet. Wait, what the fuck is his first? The Ken, the Ken, Ernest, right? Yeah, Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, the new Ken Burns, would... the new Ken Burns series. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I don't know why I could. I know Ernest that. is a funny name. It just sounds funny, but it's yeah, it's yeah. Ernest Hemingway. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ernest goes a... to Hemingway. Exactly. <laughs> when you said the new Ernest, that was my first thought. Was like a a real Ernest goes to camp situation. What are they? What are they? CGI? Uh... <laughs> oh God, poor. Uh, what's his name? Jim. Jim, Jim Varney. Varney. Yeah, sorry. But uh, we've gotten just let the man's work stand for itself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Dylan, you were saying about. Yeah, sorry. I I can't believe I dragged this into that because I couldn't remember. It's all right. I knew his name was Ernest, but I couldn't. I'm looking to see if any of the Ernest movies are on the site and sound list. I can't or or like got any votes. I can't imagine (laughs) they did, but. Okay. Maybe like Michael Mann gave a vote. I was going (laughs) to This is like them not being able to leave the room. It's like I said Ernest, but I was like, no, it's not Ernest, is who, it? Who has the truly deranged sight and sound list? I think it was Michael Mann. Was it Michael Mann? It was it like, has, like a- Avatar on it, and Avatar, and yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, the the Ernest Hemingway documentary had a uh-huh. lot of bullfighting. Oh, injuries it, it and, would, and, it would do that. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, fuck Ernest Hemingway. He was a manly man who liked right. bullfighting. Ugh. I did see a post on Twitter. Oh, I can't. I can't even um, finish this because it's a spoiler for tw- Twin Peaks season three and how it ends. So never oh. mind. I mean, it's, Nick, it's theoretically you keep possible. Saying something and leaving the listeners. I will say suspense. it is theoretically possible that I will watch Twin Peaks at some point. If I didn't didn't do it during wait, I thought quarantine. you would watch these. I thought no, I've never seen Twin Peaks. I've seen the pilot, and that's it. Um, oh. I guess I can't convince I can't convince Matt to watch it. Like he just has less than zero interest, and so I got to figure. Is he not a Lynchian kind of guy? I mean, he loves Mulholland Drive, um, but he just does not seem to find the idea of Twin Peaks appealing. So I'll have to make it like my Sunday knockout. Is is it the murder mystery part of it, or is it the weird like soap opera? I think it's the weird soap opera y stuff. Because yeah, love a murder mystery, but it is like very 
soap opera yeah, and you just kind of got to roll with it and it's like sort of which, making fun of soap operas but why it, i would like it honestly yeah it's As sort it, like, of like the way they talk uh in all all the drama is there's just like crazy stuff that happens in it but it, and the it's, first season it's is like things, actual like, teens right like it's <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like teen drama yeah um it's sort of like how now. how Sh- uh sean of the dead or or um Cabin in the Woods is like making fun of horror movies, but it also, it's just also a, is doing it's it. also a good horror movie, right? Twin yeah. Peaks is like making fun of soap operas, but it's also just like a straight a up soap straight. opera. Yeah, I should just I should just watch it. I should just like make that my new Sunday routine and watch a couple episodes. A that really does sound week. like ultimate Jenna experience. Yeah, I think I'd like it, but it's it's really good. Um, how did we get on? Oh, oh, it was me me talking. About oh yeah, it. You were... it had to do with Hemingway. Oh. <laughs> well, it ter- came with me not being able. Cannot Ernest. I'm such an idiot. You're not an idiot. Ernest is a funny name. I'm just no no <laughs> Ernest movies got got votes. Ah, unfortunately, Philistines. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what's her name? The Valkyrie points out that besides the dead people, everyone is sort of sitting where they were sitting. They have Blanca start. Um, they make her play the playing. piano again. Yeah. She plays her sonata again. She's basically like telling everyone what to do and mm-hmm. say this. So she's like, it sort of reminded me of her being a director. Oh, absolutely, like she's, yeah. She's blocking everything. Yeah, you go here and now them, say your feeding line. them lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Just I like, like that. And then, and then after they do that, they um, they say, "Hey, it's guess it's, it's time to go." And, yeah, it's time to leave, and they do. Yeah, yeah. It's Alicia's go. <laughs> they just go back to that. It's like. They go back to the moment where apparently they were deciding not to leave and just make the different choice and just decide to leave instead. Yeah, yeah. So everything is uh, solved and hunky-dory, and then these people decide that, hey, we should hang out again. <laughs> if if I got out of that situation like that, I'd never see those people ever again in my life. <laughs> right? Absolutely not. Never. If you're the guy who, hey, remember like last week when you were stuck at my house and it had been a fucking month, and you all wanted to murder me. No, I'm not going to church with you. you remember, mm-hmm. I cleaned those three guys, dead people, out of my closet. <laughs> so they they all decide to go to church together. They sure do. And after um, the service ends, they uh, the 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 priest or the I don't know I don't know what they're called. Like the guy who's running the sh- running the church show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, tries the to guy leave who's he's running like, the church show. Well, he's not like that. He's just not let in, like, that go, and then I was like, "Wait, what?" I don't feel so he, bad about the Ernest thing. Anymore. He's not a priest, is he? Not because he's not oh. wearing like the priest. Right. Uh, and this is shirt. presumably like a Catholic church, right? Like, yeah, I think so. But he's like a, I don't know. He's got like the hat, and I don't know mm-hmm. the church guy, the church show guy. <laughs> the host he doesn't leave and he's like we should let all these other people leave mm-hmm. and it, it no one no one starts. wants to let each other leave yeah yeah or when someone does try yeah, to leave, you go like, first you go first pull- and then someone yeah. like pulls there's like an old guy that pushes through like let me through and someone's like oh hey i need to talk to you yeah yep and we're like oh no and uh yeah they're they're stuck there again and then it cuts to um this was the outs- wildest part honestly Outside is there's like a crowd, and that's a word to use. And the cops shoot him up. Sure yep. do. 
And then a bunch of sheep walk into the church. Yep. Fiend. And then what happens to the sheep? <laughs> who knows? Who is? Who are the sheep, though? Maybe uh, the people inside are the sheep. Maybe. Lambs sheep of the will... slaughter? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I really feel like if this movie came out in modern days, it would just be called Sheeple. <laughs> yeah. Louis so... well invented the concept of the <laughs> sheeple. sheeple. There you go. Yeah, and then the movie ends. Um, question, what the fuck is this movie about, you guys? Fascism. Uh, <laughs> I sheep. don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, don't, I know. I genuinely don't know. Um, and obviously, Benwell does not want us to know or does not mm-hmm. think that that's the point at the very least. Um, you know. What do you guys think about the, the cops at the end? Like, what is that? Yeah, because... Like, is the crowd rioting because they're stuck in the church? Or okay. Yeah, so that is actually an interesting question because we saw... Are there cops? There's cops outside the house, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're all kind of just sitting around like, oh, nothing we can do. Yeah, but... they're not very, like, proactive. They right. go, hey, we should do this, and then they don't They do not do anything. Right, yeah. Well, the only other thing we didn't mention um, when they walk out is that right around that same time, the servants do come back. And they're mm-hmm. sort of standing around outside the house, and then when they're they can't go in until the people start to come out, and then you know then it's all the same. Uh, but I don't know what the difference is. Why when the people get locked in the church, all of a sudden, yeah, now there's I guess we're supposed to think they're rioting, and the cops are doing some over aggressive riot control, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I um, guess. In that in that same interview, um, he does get asked about that, and he's like, "I don't know." Like they're they're like, "Why why did you do this?" And he goes, "I don't know. Maybe the cops don't even have anything to do with. Maybe it's just a coincidence that they're like mowing down people in the streets." This, and it's like, "All right, this man. is like, like what you, this is like Raymond you, Chandler not knowing who killed the show the <laughs> chauffeur really? in the big sleep but it's like who who killed him oh i i don't i don't know it's like oh okay it not happened. not your priority i guess yeah <laughs> yeah so did you guys and, see this was turned into an opera Ooh, no no that'd yeah. be interesting oh yeah it, only in 2016 interesting i do feel like I, I don't know how much of it is him just purposely like not wanting to give away things that he means or is he just sort of doing doing what he wants and whether or not it has any meaning um, doesn't really matter to him. Yeah. I mean, In... generally, I consider Boonwell absurdism to be the latter thing that you said. I, mm. I can't mm. say it as well as you did, so that's, that's how I'm going to refer <laughs> the, the to it. The thing you said. Um, yeah, the thing you said. In the in the Ebert essay, he he describes Bunuel, you know, as an enemy of, of Franco's Spain, he, saying he was anti-fascist, anti-clerical, and anti bourgeoisie like so he's i guess anti-clerical being like anti the church um so you know power structures he's not a fan i don't know yeah yeah definitely well and he he um this was made after viridiana which i haven't seen but Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be good um so he he like he he made his um experimental movie in like the late 20s with dali Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about um, in the future and then he made a couple other movies and then didn't work for a little while ended up making Viridiana and that was like a big hit 
but then he basically got forced into having to work in Mexico again instead of working in Spain because um, the church was so like aghast at Verdiana. So then he he was forced, you know, overseas to be able to make this. So he was yeah. like had a chip on his shoulder. Clearly, is this supposed about... to be set? I mean, it's in Mexico, right? Like, is yeah. it supposed to be set in Spain? Is it just set in Mexico? Like, so I know it was shot in Mexico. Right. I don't know if it's supposed to take place in yeah. Spain or Mexico. I'm sure if like you you're a native Spanish speaker, you can tell Probably. just by the accents yeah. or something like that. But yeah. I I don't. No, and I don't think they say either way. Yeah, they don't. They don't give any really geographical clues. Yeah. Um, one thing to uh, I, I keep citing that interview, but I think it's a really good one. Um, he he gives a lot of like really compelling answers, even if they don't actually solve anything. Um, or, or I guess maybe they do in in a way if you take him uh, at his word. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Warriors? Uh, the eighties movie The Warriors. Yeah, 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 The Warriors. Yeah. So one of my favorite lines in any movie is the guy who does like the warriors with the bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's about why he shot the guy like at the big rally. He's like, "Why did you do that?" And he goes, "No reason. I just like doing stuff like that." <laughs> that's, so that's Boonwell. So they ask they they ask Boonwell, "Why did you repeat that thing in the beginning?" He goes, "I felt like it." Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Sounds about right. But then. The the full quote is actually I'm I'm making it a little bit uh, exaggerated because he does say I felt like it it has a hypnotic effect. Yeah, well, yeah, that's and true. It, it definitely yeah. like makes everything feel just a little bit askew, which is a you know I, I'm all for vibe setting. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. This movie is full of vibes. It is. It is. It's full of vibes. Some good ones. Some bad weird, ones. Weird vibes only. There's a great bear. He talks about yeah, uh. It's good I bear. They bear. didn't. They didn't have um good animal control then apparently so when they shot the scene with the bear he just had like people sort of clear the set and they let the bear out and he, he said he had a gun on him and he's like i don't like he said i don't like killing animals but i had that pistol just in case and the bear I, the way he describes it it sounds like it was not planned that the bear started climbing the pillar they just it started doing it and they're like all right well we'll, we'll shoot the bear I mean, they they didn't shoot the bear. They filmed I, the bear. Yeah. You keep on saying shoot in this context. <laughs> yeah. shoot. I, I know, shoot. I know, I know. <laughs> Getting me a little... The bear was fine. Yeah. The bear Good. was fine. I I promise you if he would have had to have shot the bear and it was on camera, um, that would have made it into the film somehow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, Interesting movie. How, how did you guys feel about this movie? You like it? I'm glad I watched yep. it. Um, I, I did enjoy watching it. It's, um, I almost, and we were sort of talking about this at the beginning, like, I almost wish it was weirder, I think, is maybe where I <laughs> fell with it. Like, I know it's just a crazy thing to say after we just spent an hour mm-hmm. talking about how weird it is, but, like, I almost <laughs> wish it was weirder, um, but I I did enjoy it. Uh... Yeah. I, I I don't I don't I don't know how much of a Boonwell guy I am, um, but it was pretty good as far as Boonwell goes. Um, I think I'd have it s- sort of with Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, which is a lot more similar to this than I expected from what I remember, because mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of about like weird people, like weird rich people that are just kind of complaining about not doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. I think 
both that and Discreet Charm are like I've I have a list on Letterboxd called Favorite Movies, which is everything that's four and a half and over for me. And that's about six, seven hundred movies. Um movies. this movie is a borderline four, four and a half. And like what? I just I, I I think it's great, but I just don't know if it's like a favorite of mine. Like I could if I can't like rate a four and a half and put it in that list and be like, Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. That's fair. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I, I have a lot of fun with this movie. It's not like one of my favorite movies of all time, but I I think it's like for how um, dense it is, I think it's I found it pretty easy to watch. Like it's it's fun. There's silliness and drama and uh, a hand that crawls around. Mm-hmm. Sure is. What's not hand. to like? You guys have Ebert quotes. Um, I do have to bring up uh, something in the Ebert oh, essay. Oh, please do. <laughs> uh, he's describing um, the director, Boonwell, mm-hmm. here. He says, An enemy of Franco's Spain, he was anti-fascist, anti-clerical, and anti-bourgeoisie. Uh, he also had a sly streak of foot fetishism. And then, in parenthetically, Quote, that was a wonderful afternoon little Louis spent on the floor of his mother's closet when he was 12, Pauline Kale once said. Of course she did. And he's been sharing it with us ever since. I, I googled that quote, and the only other thing that came up mm-hmm. was him quoting Pauline Kale saying the exact same thing again in his Viridiana review. Did Pauline Kale say it to him? <laughs> like, I don't, to his I face? Don't, I don't know. There's but no I, other citation for that quote. I Can couldn't we ask fi- Pauline Kale. <laughs> I couldn't oh, find God. where she had said that. I didn't look that hard, but just like googling the <laughs> but quote you would itself. Think googling it would come up with some other yeah. reference to it or with a publication where right. she said it. Like I, I, I googled the quote verbatim, so maybe what she said was like not quite yeah. the same, and and that's why only Ebert's two two Ebert reviews had this quote so but uh funny. no I just like to think that it was an offhand remark she made to him at a party once or something <laughs> yeah or she never said it it's something Ebert's twisted it's mind it's apocryphal like, you know I'll quote that to my nemesis <laughs> so yeah on my notes I just wrote yo WTF yeah fair <laughs> I just have like a big question mark next to that um, I just wrote the two letters Q and T. <laughs> sure, fair enough. I will say I, I've only seen these two Boonwells, but um, if there is evidence of a, a foot fetish, it's a lot uh, subtler <laughs> than some others. Yeah, then uh... he seems to have more of a hand fetish to me. <laughs> I mean, there's there's definitely that, more times than like yeah. Shenandelo. He's got the little it, yeah in Shenandelo. Mm-hmm. Well, he does have like the scene in. Um... Belle de Jour where he like follows her feet yeah. as she walks as she up walks, the stairs. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We talked about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the part I um, met. Uh, oh, and there's like the woman who steps on the guy with heels too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot so, going on maybe. in Belle de Jour. But that's, that's um, quite tame compared to, yeah. you know, <laughs> Tarantino's entire over. Yeah. Um, okay. So the part I highlighted um where he's talking about Boonwell and where he sort of um, belongs in the canon or what have you, and says, Boonwell belongs to a group of great directors who obsessively reworked the themes that haunted them. There is little stylistically to link Ozu, Hitchcock, Herzog, Bergman, Fassbender, and Boonwell, except for this common thread. Some deep wound or hunger was imprinted on them early in life, and they worked all of their careers to heal or cherish it. 
how many stars or no thumbs up or thumbs down oh uh, thumbs up Jana. thumbs up all right dylan up. Jana, how many oh thumbs up for me of course uh Jana, how many stars would uh you give? three stars for me three out of four i'll give it three and a half i'm also gonna give it three and a half okay nice fun movie like an, it is a fun movie yeah it is it is interesting it's fun we should Next uh week is gonna be so fun we should pair it with mother yeah okay. yeah next that, episode that, we're gonna that, watch we're just gonna watch mother yeah <laughs> just a quick and then another detour we haven't had enough detours lately yeah well we did we did watch detour, detour yeah we though. did watch detour that's true um do you guys have time for a quick round of sure. what have we yeah. what if you i haven't been we, watching much so i definitely have time all right well what have you watched recently, um Jenna? since the last time we talked not a ton um i've been like reading and watching television so uh not a ton of movie watching time lately reading reading i know uh well dylan i told you i was reading that book from i have a i have a book club meeting after this everyone wants a little window into my busy sunday um but i was supposed to read a book for book club and it was the first book in a series anyway it's been six days and i have read four books <laughs> in the past six days of this like fantasy oh series God. and they're all like 700 pages long so um oh i've been getting God. like five hours of sleep a night and just reading books when i'm not doing my job so um if anyone what is matt like? is matt like just turn off the fucking just, life. Uh, no i have my kindle i'm good like you know oh, okay. he's playing video games it's fine um if if anyone likes um high fantasy like soap opera-y uh stories um it's the series is a court of thorn and roses it's super good it's like the hunger games meets buffy meets like super intense storytelling um it's fun times and i haven't slept in like a week so that's cool um, <laughs> but when i've been watching movies um i'm still doing my rewatch or watch or rewatch of the original cast star trek movies last one i'm, I'm up to star trek 4 voyage home oh, oh yeah save the whales that's a great did, one. Did you watch Save the Whales yet? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, And I, I watched that, it a bunch when I was a kid. Star it's Trek. the best one. It's so fun. It is. It really is. It's yeah. so good. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. Just got up to that. Um, rewatch- does Leonard Nimoy dissolve at all in any of those movies? <laughs> he, he does. He does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> poor Dylan. Um, I rewatched The Shining um the the, with Gorley and Russ podcast their patreon does horror movie commentaries and they did one for the shining and i love the shining so i watched it for like the 10th time their commentary it was good um and then finally a movie i hadn't seen before last night two nights ago watched um the robert altman movie california split which is now on the criterion channel it's excellent r.i.p george siegel um, great Elliot Gould performance. Highly recommend if you like Altman movies or gambling movies um, or good movies. So mm-hmm. that's what I, I like all those things. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. need to see that movie. Yeah, you, you should you should check it out. Good. It's really good. And it's on Criterion has like a whole gambling um, like section. Little section. Yeah, now, yeah. I think they have McCabe and Mrs. Miller on it, too, because it's another Altman gambling movie. Oh, it's just here g- comes a rewatch. For oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's just, that one's just gambling in the Old West as opposed to gambling yeah. in like seedy uh california split is like partly in la part in vegas part in reno it's all cd but it's great and and you watch that on criterion, criterion channel, channel. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yep, yep. Is, is, did we need to like sponsor a message? Say the words Criterion Channel. Criterion Channel, probably. Right they should, they should definitely case. spots. Also, where I watched Exterminating Angel and all of those, or I think most of the special features, Nick, that you mentioned from the Criterion disc are on there, are on there too. Yeah, there was like inter- nice. a lot of interviews and stuff. So yeah, and I think they're... they're on the Criterion Channel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, they're not going to give us money they because they they know we're going to they know we're going to talk about them anyway. Yeah, like, that's the problem. What, what are we going to do? They, not talk about them? Yeah. If they give us money, they know we're just going to spend it on Criterion movies, and it's just like, <laughs> why don't true. we just yeah, keep the a, money? That's true. Yeah. Um, the the interview with Boonwell that I keep referencing is a written interview, but I think they publish all their like their written um, extras on their website. I can I can look to see if people are curious. Mm-hmm. Pull that up right now, but um, Dylan, what have you watched? Well, I've watched 25 Ozu movies since ET, so <laughs> that's where I'm at. Um, in between there, I've also Did you say 25? Kinda, 25. About, I've done about an Ozu a night, okay? That's impressive, <laughs> yeah. Um, also. I've seen uh, I I rewatched Moneyball, which oh yeah, I did too. I just didn't didn't log it. it. I forgot that I rewatched Moneyball. That was fun. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Like we were talking about certain scenes as they were coming up and being like, to be clear, Spike Jones here. Dylan found it on cable and alerted me, and so I was able like the second I I turned it right when it started, and I was like, you had to send out the the Moneyball bat signal so I could watch it filled with commercials on FX or whatever that was. But yeah, I did. It, the, 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 the symbol, the signal just says WRC+. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I watched Godzilla vs. Kong, which was solid. Um, Gotta do that. I also um, watched, I think it's pronounced Matuan. Mata- That's how I've always. I think I've always said Matawan in my it. head, but I think I'm. I think you're, it's probably. I I, I, don't, I don't know Matawan that I've heard it in my head, and when they said it in the movie, it was something like Matawan or Matewan. Okay. I don't but, know that I've heard anyone say. I've it out never loud, heard so. it said out loud. What, what made you watch I that? The, movie. Um, the TSPDT list. Oh. Um, I was like, I, I put together, I put, I had it at like 20 movies that I was like, I, I need to watch these before I put my list in just to be sure. Uh, that got taken down at 10. But uh, that was one of them. And it was incredible. But it didn't make my top 25. Um, I watched Redbeard for the same reason. And that did make my top 25, knocking out The Seven Samurai as the best Kurosawa movie. Wow. And mm. Not even close, I think. And and Seven Samurai was like my 16th, 17th best movie of all time. Redbeard's the best. And uh, Nick especially needs to see that because that whole movie is one long uh, medical corner 1980s Japanese edition. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no is right. There is some uh, woof. A lot of like, well, we don't know what to do. Let's just hold their hand while they die. (laughs) Nice. It's my kind of movie. It sounds cheery. <laughs> uh, I, I said I watched John Dialman. Um, I rewatched The Red Shoes last night with my aunt. And uh, so, so much fun to watch that movie with someone that's never seen the movie. There's so many like moments in that movie where people gasp or shriek or laugh or like vocally react to the movie. And it's 
always at the same parts, but always in different ways. And mm. it's just so enjoyable. I, w- I wish I could, like, just, like, fly to LA and sit down with Janet because <laughs> so I know I she would, it. like, super dig the red shoes and just see how she reacts point. to every moment of the red shoes. Um, and I started watching Brighter Summer Day this morning, and I'm two and a half hours into that four-hour long I say with two and a half hours to go. <laughs> I got I got an hour and a half to go technically, okay. but uh, I got I got a I got a while, but um, I like freaking adoring this, and that's I, we didn't do this on the podcast, but like when we started the podcast, I was like, okay, Jenny, you're gonna have to leave for a second. Oh, because so you were talking about brighter summer day. Because I got to one part of the movie that I was just like, holy fuck, what is going on in this movie? I have heard that movie is yeah. crazy. That like that super intense stuff happens in it. Some shit goes down. Yeah, that's what I've heard. there's this great quote in the trailer of the movie that's like it's like if ozu made the godfather and i was like oh okay like i like the godfather i love ozu let's do this um i don't know why i expected more of the ozu part than the more of the godfather yeah i think it's because yi Yi is so ozu in and of itself that i was just expecting it's like it's like yi Yi, but there's some people that are in some like middle school high school gangs and mm. I wasn't really prepared for like, oh, we go full fucking Godfather in one <laughs> part. Um, yeah. Wait, what are you looking at, Nick? Sorry, I'm- uh, I was trying to find what I what I I knew I had made a similar joke, and oh, okay. I opened my letterbox review with like bracket David Ehrlich voice. <laughs> Yasujira Ozu's City of God. <laughs> it, 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 there it you go. Kind of, that's a better comp because of the age and right, that that, uh, that was my yeah. Because of the the some of the killing that happens is oh, like kind of similar in a certain way. Yeah, I, I know. I know that it, there's like violence. Like, in the I, movie. I know. Like I, I didn't want to spoil like who dies or what yeah. happens specifically. Yeah, don't but spoil it's that not... for me. I know there's. I know there's like killing in the movie. There's killing. Yeah, there's. There's. Well, isn't that okay? Sorry, and I don't. I don't know if you're gonna have to like edit this out or anything. But um, oh, did we did we ever talk about the movie that the Criterion cover was a spoiler? Because I remember like a year ago, Nick, when you were saying that. Oh. There was a movie where the Criterion cover was a spoiler. My theory at the time was that it was a brighter summer day. That was my. I've always. It's not a brighter summer day. I always wondered if that Criterion cover was a spoiler because it looks like a crime scene. Uh, the cover of that Criterion. Is edition. it no? So it was. No. I I know what um you're talking about, and it was uh make way for tomorrow. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. But but but, it, but it. it's not. That's it's like the the plot of the movie. Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah. It's what happens after like ten minutes into the movie. Got you. Um. Um, the original title of A Brighter Summer Day, um, sort of is a spoiler. Like the direct translation mm-hmm. is sort of oh. a spoiler. Um, Interesting. But it's one of those things where if you are, it's it's something that we wouldn't be familiar with, but presumably. 30 years ago living in Taiwan it may have been something that you may have been more familiar with and then I won't so it's like it's like saying Darmok and Jalad at (laughs) Tanagra yeah um, I was distracted because I was looking up because I was like, what's Cheng Chen up to? Cheng Chen's up to something really interesting recently and he's gonna be in Dune that's what he's up to. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, he's going to be who's Ching Chen? The, the main guy. The main character. In in A Brighter oh. Summer Day, the, the actor who's what in all the Wong Kar Wai movies. He's in like Sir? Happy Together he, and um, he's in, Tiger. Um, yeah. Oh my God. He's, he's a the, huge he's, star. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's the guy that uh, hooks up with 
the girl. Yeah. Anyway, oh he's gonna, he's going to be Doctor. He's, totally he's going to be Doctor Yua in Dune, which I'm excited about. He he's in um the Grandmaster. He's he's in a lot a lot of uh, so Wong Kar Wai movies. He's in the Assassin. It's in none of the Wong Kar Wai movies that I've seen. He's still relatively young because I forget that like yeah he's he is a must be a child in a brighter summer day basically he's only, he's like 13 or yeah. 14 it's, it was his first movie yeah. he he played um his his dad was an actor he plays his dad's kid oh gotcha gotcha dark gotcha. cloud that's the name of the character from uh yeah he's a he's a really good actor all right so what do we have coming up next week wait nick nick Fargo. we need what we need to, see, to hear what you've seen recently. oh oh yeah okay what have um, you seen sorry uh what have i seen so i rewatched in the mood for love uh that's a pretty good 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 movie that's a pretty good that's a pretty good movie um i re i rewatched cleo from five to seven oh that's the best fucking movie that's a pretty good movie too uh what else i watched godzilla versus kong wait wait hold hold on hold on hold on hold on sorry Channa, did you listen to the godzilla versus kong big picture podcast yes i did okay so did you already know the main spoiler going into the podcast I mean, I don't even know what counts as a spoiler for that movie. <laughs> Neither do I, and I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's the fact that Mechagodzilla is in it. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't mean anything to me, but um, I, I did see people talking about it. Yeah, it, it, it felt like, do you guys remember when Into, the, Into Star Trek Into Darkness came out, and they kept on being like, oh, there's totally... Benedict Cumberbatch is totally not con he is at all. And everyone John was like, Smith? It's not John Smith, it's some even goofier name, but something like that, yeah. Yeah, but it, 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 they were like, oh, it's not Khan. But it's Khan. But everyone was like, what, what, everyone went into that movie knowing it was Khan. And that's kind of how it felt like with the Mechagodzilla. Everyone thing. knew Mechagodzilla was mm. going to be in it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I guess even it, it, it doesn't even matter to you. No, all, all, all I knew was that, God, was that Kong bows to no one. That, that's what I knew going into <laughs> the movie. And that Godzilla is hurting people and we don't know why. Um, we don't know really why. Really just the trailer lines. <laughs> I, I am going to watch that movie. It looks fun. We do figure out why, though. Oh, we've, I, I figured. What? What? Yep. I, I hope we figure out why. Otherwise, what are we doing yeah. here? Will that be your yeah. first Godzilla movie? I guess so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think the Go. only... I've, I, saw Kong, <laughs> I saw Kong Skull Island, and that's the only Godzilla or Kong movie I've ever seen. You've never seen King Kong 1933? No. It's fine. Some people really like it, apparently. It's, um, it's solid. It's it's weirder for me That's that I right. haven't seen The like 70s one um, I've, Or I haven't seen The Peter Jackson one um, You haven't seen Oh that's right I, I can't believe You haven't seen The Peter Jackson one No it, You know what I've seen a big, big This is gonna just Make you furious But like I've seen A big chunk of the um, Terrible 90s don't, Godzilla don't, don't, Yeah, no, yeah. I, Matthew Broderick one and the, With, with, with Puff Daddy it. Puff Daddy I am 85 yeah, years Puff old um, It was Puff Daddy was, But at the time It was Puff Daddy On the um, Look on the soundtrack. I knew you were going to say the it. I, I knew you were going with it. I was like, whatever, fourteen when that movie came out. I know, um, thirteen, and it had Matthew Broderick in it. It did, and it, and it had it had a very what's main... the guy that plays Lee on The Professional. Oh, Jean Jean Reno. Um, it yeah. ha- it had a very mean um, uh, mocking depiction of our of our boy Roger um, in it. Also, <gasps> Mayor what? Mayor Ebert. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. We've 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 lost the thread here. Yeah. So I watched that movie. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I like when the monster punched the other monster. I didn't like when the people talked too much. Um, I watched a bunch of like uh, Anya Svarta shorts that are on the Clio disc. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, 
do you ha- you have the entire Varda set, right? Yeah, yeah, I have the Varda set. So it's yeah. it's got like Cleo on the disc, and then there's other shorts on that specific disc in the Varda set. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I watched a movie called The Magnificent Butcher, which is a uh, Sammo Hung martial arts movie, which uh, kicked a lot of ass. So this was directed by uh, Yen Wo Ping, who, if you guys are familiar with him, he did. So he directed like Drunken Master right. and Iron Monkey. And then he's been in a few movies himself, but he's probably like, I'd say he's most known for being the fight choreographer on like. Crouching Tiger, Hidden right, Dragon, the Matrix where, movies, the Kill Bill, the Kill Bill movies. Yeah, yeah so this is this is one of his movies. Um, Eureka has a set of three Sammo Hung movies. So he directed. It's like the first movie he directed. Um, this movie, which Yan Wu Ping directed, Sammo Hung acting, and then the third movie, which I started like five minutes of last night and then got distracted with something else. Um, <laughs> Sammo Hung directs it, and Yan Wu Ping is acting in that, which I think is interesting. That like. The one directed the other one, and then the actor directed the director in a later movie. I don't know how often that's happened. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that because the plot of that movie seems bizarre. So I'll be uh, <laughs> keeping you guys updated <laughs> yes, on that. Please do. And then I watched um, a movie called The Big Heat, which is a a nice, nasty little noir movie with. Gloria Graham and uh, Glenn Ford. Oh, right. So. Okay. I have heard of that. That's the Fritz yeah. Lang movie? Yeah, Fritz Lang movie. Okay. Yeah. It's a you, you, very cool movie. You were saying, like, this little movie called The Big Heat, and I was, like, thinking you were going to lead up to some, like, weird movie that we really hadn't heard of. And I was like, is this The Big Heat that everyone's seen? I've never seen it. I've heard of it, but... It was really good. Yeah. It's fucking um, awesome. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, I don't know I anything about like, it in the title. It's nearly detour level, like just Grimy. griminess. Yeah, it's, Which it's I, got a pretty young uh, Lee Marvin in it. Oh, hello. Yeah, a very a very young Lee Marvin yeah. in it, who I knew was in it, and it took me so long to recognize him as being in it. But yeah, that was a that was a, a really um really. Let's see nice if you could just Google Lee Marvin Big Heat and have him show up. God. Just, he would have been 29 yeah, yeah. years old. I can't even yeah, imagine just a 29-year-old. Lee, Lee Marvin Big Heat I'm in the Google that. image search and uh, just gasp on air. Yeah. Come on. That's just so, old yeah. Lee Marvin. That was a very cool movie. Um, yeah, it went places that I didn't think it would Nice. Go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yep. That's a young Lee Marvin. That's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the coen brothers fargo little movie called fargo yeah Yeah, which is uh available to rent at most of the places it is also streaming on amazon prime and you probably own it yeah if you own movies (laughs) you probably have it on dvd somewhere on your shelf (laughs) i'm nearly certain i have this on dvd and blu-ray yeah is it a DVD Blu-ray combo, or you bought it on DVD and then rebought it on? Blu-ray? Yeah, no, no, that that was uh, an upgrade. Yeah, nice. Good movie. It's the kind of movie that deserves an upgrade because yeah. it kicks a lot of ass. So we'll talk it about how so much. So good. I could not believe. We'll get to yeah. I can't believe how good that movie looks. It's crazy. Yeah, we'll talk about how much ass that movie kicks uh, next time. Mm-hmm. But as always, you can follow us on Letterboxd or Twitter at Great Movies Pod. And thank you to. Our buddy Scott Brady for our artwork. As always, you can find him at S. Brady Artist on Twitter. And 
that'll do it. Let's go into this church <laughs> and uh, get stuck there for. I guess they know how to get out now, right? At least yeah, just, they, they got to know how to get out. They they need to get you them just, to like everyone stands in the same right. Place. They need to get them to like finish the. They need to get the priest or the, the the church leader man to get up and like refinish the end of the ceremony, and then this time they just leave. Yeah. And then they get shot by the cops. Well, there's that. Yeah, it takes them like five minutes. They're like, okay, well, that was much easier than last time when we had to like, <laughs> exactly. kill all those sheep and ruin ruin our cello. Oh, yeah. Um, but we don't see them in the church. At, I mean, we see them at first, but right. when the people start to It's like to not they're not exit, there. Yeah. That's they kind the of weird thing. We see a bunch of strangers that we've never seen before not be able to exit. So, hmm. Just like hmm. we can't exit what, this podcast What does it mean, right guys? <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is you think if they go out. <laughs> sorry. 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 That was funny. You're going to let me keep going. Okay. Roger out. Roger out. Roger out. <laughs> and when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. Warning, warning, brighter summer day spoilers up ahead. Listen at your own peril. Wait, no, so Janet, do you know what the brighter summer day cover is supposed to be? Um, I mean... It's not it, a crime scene. Okay, I mean, it's a shirt covered in blood, but... um. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Oh, I didn't see the blood. The Criterion cover is like, a, it looks like a schoolgirl's uniform, but the shirt's covered in blood and there's knives everywhere. Um, so that's why I always oh, wondered if this, that's why I always wondered if this was a spoiler. <laughs> I guess I don't know what the cover is. I thought it was like someone like put their clothes down to get ready for the day. Yeah, no, no, it looks oh. like the so. Citizen Kane Criterion cover is just a picture of a slug that says <laughs> rose <laughs> Of course, there's the Elvis. I know there's like also Elvis. Wait, 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 wait. What is the Criterion Laserdisc cover of uh, Citizen Kane? We are so far afield, guys. Um, mm. It's all right. We're almost, we're uh, almost done. <laughs> Everyone's already stopped. To be the fair, podcast. we would we're probably just... n- not oh, be finished with the movie. It's, it's just it's... it's just him giving the speech. Very boring. Yeah. Come on, guys. Modern no day Criterion's a much got a much better uh, graphic. No wonder Laserdisc really didn't cool, last. Um, there's a really cool piece of fan art um, that I just saw that someone did that makes that's a Citizen Kane cover that looks like a Wes Anderson cover, and it's like an illustration of a little boy running through the snow with a sled. It's uh, very cute. Let me find that. I don't even know. It just when I googled Citizen Kane Criterion cover, it came up. Um, oh, all right, I'll Google it. So here we go. I can also do this. There you go. It's just like on Deviant Art. Um, and it, it, look, it literally looks like a Wes Anderson cover. It kind so of loves to describe visual things on a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love to describe Deviant Art that you can't easily search for if you're listening. I know. To Sorry, guys. Uh, just imagine it being very. Oh, cute. yeah. That's very, that's very uh, Wes Anderson. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 